0: The Cardinals are back home and the second place Milwaukee Brewers are in town for a quick two game set. We're going to preview this series and talk about the decline of Christian Yelich, Goldschmidt, and Aranato continue to push towards landing on a very rare and exclusive list. We've got a farm report today. We'll check in on some of the top prospects in the organization. And yes, I'll acknowledge the stupidity of Max Kellerman and his idea that Albert is cheating this season. All on today's episode of Locked on Cardinals. You are locked on Cardinals. Your daily St. Louis Cardinals podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hey there, Cardinal fans, I'm J.D. Haffern, and I'm a national radio sports acre born and raised in the Lou Lifetime Cardinals fan, and I am your host for Locked On Cardinals, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Covering your team every day. You can follow me on Twitter at JD Sports Radio. Follow the podcast at LO underscore Cardinals. I want to thank those of you who make Locked on Cardinals your first listen every day. We are free and available wherever you get your podcasts. iTunes, Spotify, Google Podcasts. We're also available on YouTube. Be sure to like and subscribe and comment so you can interact with us. This is a show serving Cardinal Nation and giving the best fans in baseball all of the info about the birds on the bat. So let's start off with this Max Kellerman garbage, shall we? Because this kind of stuff, I find it to be annoying. I I find it pathetic. And sadly, it's working. And I hate that. Because this is why Kellerman and other national hosts say the things that they do so they can get the hits, the likes, and get the attention. That's the point of this. On his show, this just in, Max Kellerman insinuates that Albert Pujols might be cheating this season. And that's the reason for his recent success. Shut up, Max. I know why you're saying that. You're saying it because you want the attention. My question for you, Max, is when, when did he start doing this? When, when did the 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 cheating begin, for one, Albert Pujols, if that's what you believe? Did he start it at the All-Star break? Because I didn't hear you spewing this narrative until now. Nobody talked about it then. Only when Albert passes a known and proven cheater who happened to play a portion of his career in New York. Did you bring this up? Alex Rodriguez. He passes a rod. All right, let's do something. Let's tear him down. Albert's got 18 home runs this year and 252 at bats. Was he cheating last year when he hit 17 and 275 at bats, Max? Why does this magical concoction that he's come up with seem to work exclusively? against left-handed pitchers, where he's hitting 200 against them this year. Last year against left-handers, 13 home runs for Albert Pujols. This year, he's got 12. Nobody said anything about him cheating last year. You didn't say anything like that, Max. Could it be? Could it be that he's healthy, that he's happier in his personal life and in baseball? Remember last year, (laughs) he got released He ended up with the Dodgers. Clearly something might have been going on personally because he's now getting a divorce. Is he in better shape and facing less than great pitchers and is simply taking advantage of them? Albert looked way bigger last year, like fat. And we heard coming into spring training that he was motivated in his last season to get in better shape, take better care of himself because he knew this was going to be his last year. He's got multiple home runs this year off the Pittsburgh Pirates. They're not very good. He's got four home runs off of them. He's got three home runs off the Brewers. He's got two off the Diamondbacks, two off the Cubs, and two off the Rockies. Besides the Brewers, none of those teams are over 500. So they're not great pitchers. He's back in St. Louis where he had his best years during a pennant race where he's a key cog in what's going on. He's just kind of a bit player last year for the Dodgers. He's playing with his best friend, Yadier Molina. In Yachty's last season, having a good time. He's chasing history. Doesn't everyone work better when they're happier and surrounded by friends and people you like? Don't the best players rise to the occasion when the moments call for it? You don't think he's extra motivated, realizing how close he is coming into the year? Probably, eh, you know, whatever, 700. It's kind of down the road. And has gotten better as he's gotten closer, realizing he might hit that milestone. It also couldn't be that he's one of the greatest hitters of all time and he's just good at his job, right? He must be doing something wrong, right, Max? You bore me, dude. I find that narrative boring and to subtly accuse someone of cheating is honestly irresponsible, and I hope you receive 700 bags of flaming dog poo on your porch this year for Halloween. Moving on. It is now September 13th and the Cardinals hold an eight-game lead in the National League Central over the Milwaukee Brewers with 21 games to play. I think we can all agree that barring a massive collapse, you have to feel real good about the Cardinals' chances of making the playoffs. In fact, tickets for potential National League wildcard and Division Series games at Busch Stadium will go on sale this Friday, September 16th at 2 p.m. St. Louis time. Tickets for the three potential NL wildcard games and three potential NLDS games will be available. You can find them online at Cardinals.com slash postseason. You can also call them at 314-345-9000. In person, they'll be available at the Bush Stadium box office beginning on uh, Monday, September 19th at 10 a.m. St. Louis time. Now, depending on the final regular season standings, the Cardinals could host all three NL wildcard games in a best-of-three series at Bush Stadium beginning Friday, October the 7th. If the Cardinals advance to the NL Division Series, they could host as many as three home games beginning either Tuesday, October 11th, or Friday, October 14th, depending upon the seating. Ticket details for possible National League Championship Series and World Series games will be announced at a later date. But I wanted to get the info out to you as Cardinals fans, just so you have it there. But let's pump the brakes for a second. We're not quite to the playoffs. Let's talk about what's going on right in front of them, and that is the Milwaukee Brewers. The two teams play four games against each other, The rest of the season, first two will be tonight and tomorrow at Bush Stadium. Now, on the Cardinals side of things, you're trying to maintain your comfortable lead in the division, as well as keep pushing towards that slim outside chance of catching the Mets for the second seed, or even if the Braves overtake the Mets at some point, you'd have to catch them because they've got a better record. But as I've said before, that's going to be really, really tough. It's not impossible, but it's going to be really tough, so. That is what the team is striving for right now as we go down this final stretch. Brewers are still fighting for not only the division, but just their playoff life in general as a wildcard team. As of today, the Brewers are not a playoff team. They're two games back in the wild card behind San Diego and three and a half behind Philly. They took two of three from the Reds over the weekend. They're winners of six of their last ten. But in a broader view, they've, gen- they've been just a, uh, a 500 team the last month, 10 and 10 in their last 20, 15 and 15 in their last 30, and since the All-Star break, they're 25 and 23. Meanwhile, the Cardinals, we know they've been on fire. They took two of three uh, from the Pirates in Pittsburgh this weekend. They're winners of seven of their last 10, 13 and seven in their last 20, 22 and eight in their last 30, and 33 and 14 since the All-Star break. So that's why they've got this lead in the division. So what happened to the Brewers? Many people are going to point at uh, the trade deadline, where they sent their closer Josh Hader to the Padres, As kind of the tipping point where things went south. It's kind of screwed up the team chemistry from those that I've talked to who are fans of the Brewers. Uh, It upset and shocked the clubhouse. All of those are possibilities of why things have happened. Also, injuries have uh, been an issue for them, especially in the pitching. Eric Lauer, Aaron Ashby, Freddie Peralta have all hit the uh, IL. Christian Yelich, I point at Christian Yelich a lot here because he's been a shell of his MVP form that he had back in 2018. That season, if you remember, 326, 36 home runs, 116 RBIs, 22 stolen bases, OPS of 1,000. It was incredible. And it was maddening to watch it because I remember, because before he got traded to the Brewers, he got tra- he was uh, told, at least from what I remember reading and hearing on talk shows, was that the Cardinals wanted Yelich, The Marlins said no. We're not moving him. And instead, the Cardinals had to trade for Marcel Ozuna. And that was when they were trading Stanton and uh, Ozuna. And then eventually, Yellich became available. He goes to the Brewers. And I remember when it happened, and I was like, dude, that sucks, because we wanted Christian Yelich in St. Louis. That was the guy that I had heard the Cardinals were targeting. The next season, Yellich again on his way to another MVP season. He was hitting three twenty-nine with 44 home runs. 97 RBIs, 30 stolen bases, and an OPS of 1,100. And that's when he fouled the ball off his kneecap on September 10th, and he fractured his kneecap. It ended his season. He finished his second in the MVP to Cody Bellinger that year, but he did win the batting title for the second straight year. Now, that offseason, the Brewers locked him up for nine years, $215 million, gave him an extension, and why wouldn't you? I mean, look at those numbers. they're They're bonkers. He was coming off two incredible seasons. He was only 28 at the time. But since then, it's been a drastic decline in production for him. You got the COVID year next, and he's coming back from the knee injury. Hits 205, 12 home runs, 22 RBIs in 58 games. 2021, back issues in the early months. Landed him on the injured list. Then for the season, he hits 248, just nine home runs and 51 RBIs in 117 games. I mean, think about that. Only nine home runs for Christian Yellich and 117 games. Wow. And then this year, through 133 games, he's been relatively healthy. He's at 261, just 12 home runs and 50 RBIs. The dude's making $26 million this year and will do so for the next six years. And uh, then it will drop down to um, $20 million in 2029. He's going to be 37 at this point. So that's got to scare the living hell out of the Brewers who, you know, they're, they're a mid-market to smaller market team too, kind of like the Cardinals. Um their payroll's at $135 million this year. So, um, you know, you having somebody on a decline the way he is and have all that money locked up in him, thats that's got to be frightening. Uh, the Brewers have made some really nice trades recently, though. Offensively, the uh, 27-year-old left-handed first baseman, Rowdy Telez, great name, by the way. Should be a NASCAR driver with that name, Rowdy. Uh, has 30 bombs, which leads the club, 80 RBIs. He's been a steal since he got traded over to the Brewers from the Blue Jays. Uh, They gave up Bowden, Francis, and Trevor Richards last July. Done a ton of damage against righties, not so much against uh, the lefties. Uh, He's hitting 179 over his last 24 games, so that's been an issue. Uh, Shortstop Willie Adamas, another solid acquisition by the Brewers in May of last year. They made a trade with Tampa Bay, uh, gave up J.P. Fireisen and uh, Drew Rasmussen. Rasmussen has been quite good for Tampa Bay, so a good trade uh, for both sides. Adamas got 28 home runs and leads the team in RBIs with 83, so he's been really good. Hunter Renfro, that was a big one, too. They've got to be laughing. At the Red Sox for that deal. Uh, Brewers got Hunter Renfro back in December, and they gave Boston Jackie Bradley Jr. and two minor leaguers. Renfro's got 25 bombs, 62 RBIs. Bradley Jr. got released by the Red Sox in August and is now at Toronto, and he isn't doing any better there. So far this season, the Cardinals lead the series, uh, eight to seven. They've got left-handed Jordan Montgomery on the mound tonight. He beat the Brewers back on August 12th, throwing six shutout innings and striking out eight. Again, uh, the Brewers are a much better hitting team against the righties where they hit 242 against lefties, only 215. So uh, the matchup favors the Cardinals tonight. Uh, The Brewers are going to be starting relief pitcher Matt Bush in what will be a bullpen game for Milwaukee. Bush is the uh, former number one overall pick by the Padres back in 2004. They took him as a shortstop, and he wasn't very good. I uh, always had a cannon of an arm, um, but wasn't very good hitting wise in the minor leagues, uh, just to kind of put it out there, because I love looking at old drafts and seeing how teams have screwed it up. So uh, the Padres took Matt Bush at number one. Number two, two time Cy Young Award winner and former MVP Justin Verlander. Ouch. But um, Matt Bush has also dealt with personal and legal problems, alcohol issues. That's all been well documented. Uh, his career went sideways because of all that. But Kudos to him to uh, getting his life back together. He got signed by the Rangers and came up with them back in 2015, and now he's on the Brewers. So um, he'll be the starter for Milwaukee tonight. Now we're going to get into how special this season's been for Goldschmidt and Arnado. They're about to to do something, or they could. I shouldn't say they're about to. They could do something that is very, very rare and very exclusive. So I'm going to explain that all to you here in just a moment. But first, BetOnline.net. That is your number one source for all your pro and college football betting needs and sports info this season. You can find all of the latest football league developments, game matchups, news and podcasts, including this week's games. Uh, NFL Week 1 wrapped up last night. Seahawks pull off that upset over the over Russell Wilson and the Denver Broncos. Two huge fumbles on the goal line kind of kind of torpedoed that game. For Denver. But uh this week we've got a huge matchup on Thursday night to get NFL week two started. Uh the Chargers who survived their game over the Raiders will take on Patrick Mahomes and the Chiefs, who just blasted the Arizona Cardinals on Sunday. Mahomes threw five touchdowns, which was very nice. Very nice for my fantasy team. I've got him in that one. Uh Chiefs are three and a half point favorites right now. Chargers look like they'll be without their top wideout. Keenan Allen. I don't think he's gonna play in this one. So I like the Chiefs in this one. Three and a half point favorites. Might want to put some money on that one. Just saying. Bet online. That's the place to do it. It's also your continued source for all your sporting wagering information, including live betting. Esports scores the fastest and easiest way to check in on all of your sports and events, including MLB, MMA, boxing, and golf. Head to the website today, or you can use your mobile device to learn more about the trends and action. Bet online, where the game starts. All right, so Goldenado. That's been the phrase we've used for the two biggest stars on the Cardinals offense this season. And uh deservedly so. Hold on, we gotta put my thing. There we go. Gotta get my get my thing up there. Uh Paul Goldschmidt having an MVP caliber season. And I think most people would agree that. He will likely win the award this year. He is threatening to win the first Triple Crown in the National League since 1937, despite tapering off a bit recently, uh, hitting just 205 over his last 11 games. So, quick rundown. He's uh, currently second in the National League in batting average behind Freddie Freeman of the Dodgers. Uh, Freeman hitting 330, Goldie at 325. Freeman's been on a, a tear lately. He's been a madman, hitting 359 over his last 26 games and almost 500 last week in his past six, so he's been he's been, he's been hot, to say the least. Uh, Goldie, third in the NL in home runs. Schwarber's got 37, Austin Riley, 36, then Goldie at 35, and then he's tied with Pete Alonzo from the Mets uh, in RBIs with 109 to top the league. Nolan Arnauto also having a doozy of a season, too. He's seventh in the NL in batting average at 298, tied for eighth in home runs with 28, third in RBIs with 93. Both men are outstanding on defense. We know this. And both men lead the National League in war. Wins above replacement for the NL with Goldie at 7.3, Arenado at 7.1. And that's three and four in all of Major League Baseball. You got Judge and uh, Shohei uh, just above them. But both deservedly will get MVP consideration. But could they finish number one and number two in the voting? Sarah Langs on MLB.com, she wrote a piece about this recently and how rare it would be if this indeed happened. There have been just six instances in the divisional era since 1969 of teammates finishing number one and number two in the award. So let's go down memory lane for just a moment because I love the history of baseball. Let's go to the year 2000. Remember the old skit there that uh, Conan O'Brien did? All right, there you go. No more singing from me today. Uh, Year 2000, Barry Bonds, Jeff Kent did it for San Francisco, and it was actually Jeff Kent who wins the MVP that year, hit 334, 33 home runs, 125 RBIs. Bonds was second. He hit 306, but he had 49 home runs and 106 driven in. By the way, the Cardinals' Jim Edmonds finished fourth that year in voting. Big year, 295, 42 home runs, 108 RBIs. Good stuff there. Then in 1990, so we have to go another decade to find the next time it happened in all of Major League Baseball, not just the National League, mind you. 1990. Bonds and Bonilla, the killer bees of the Pirates, do it with uh, Bonds winning the award this year. This is one of his seven MVP awards. Juice or not, that dude was incredible. You got to admit. Uh, anyway, that year, Bonds hits 301, 33 home runs, 114 RBIs, 52 stolen bases. You got to remember, this is Skinny Fastberry Bonds, after all, <laughs> back in 1990, before he beefed up. Uh, former Cardinal legend Bobby Bonilla. Who hit 280, 32 home runs and 120 RBIs, followed by Daryl Strawberry, Ryan Sandberg, and Eddie Murray, who was with the Dodgers at this point in his career. But those Pirates teams were good. Never won a championship, though. Uh, the year before that, 1989, Kevin Mitchell and former Cardinal legend Will the Thrill Clark did it again for the Giants. Uh, Mitchell that year, 291, 47 dingers and 125 RBIs, while Will hit 333, 23 home runs. And 111 RBIs. How about this? You ready for another blast from the past name for the Cardinals? Pedro Guerrero. Remember that trade? It was John Tudor to the Dodgers for Pedro Guerrero. For, and uh, he comes back 1989. Pedro Guerrero finishes third in the MVP voting that year. Hit 311, 17 home runs, and 117 RBIs. Pete, as uh, was Pedro's nickname back in the day, had a good year. Uh Before that, 1983, Cal Ripken Jr., Eddie Murray, again, this time he was uh, in his heyday with the Baltimore Orioles. 1979, Big Red Machine, you had Joe Morgan and George Foster, who did it for the Cincinnati Reds, and then in 1971, it was Vita Blue and Sal Bando doing it for the Oakland Athletics, and that's it. Those are the only instances in Major League Baseball where teammates have finished number one and number two in MVP voting, so if it happens this year, just realize how rare that is, and... Uh, How special it's been to have both Goldschmidt and Arenado on the team this year. It's been really, really fun to watch. And uh, I hope they continue to succeed because uh, we're going to need them down the stretch here and in the playoffs for the Cardinals. All right. People like the farm report. So we're going to drop down into the minors. Uh, I've got some Matthew Librator news right now. The Cardinals' number four prospect. He spins six scoreless innings, allows five hits and a walk while fanning five batters in AAA Memphis. They had a four to one win over Norfolk on Saturday. In the minors this season, it hasn't been all that great for the 22 year old Liberator. Uh, ERA is at 5.10, 19 starts. He struck out 102 batters. That's good, but clearly, clearly still needs some work down there. But um, hopefully that pans out, man. I, I do not want to hear about the Matthew Liberator trade and Randy Arozarena and all. I don't want to live with that anymore. <laughs> like, I want to move on. And I hope Libby can uh, can come uh, up eventually. Maybe not this season, but next year or the year before after that and be a big part of this uh, Cardinals rotation. On Friday, the Cardinals' number seven prospect catcher, Yvonne Herrera, hit not one but two jacks for Memphis in their 6-5 to five loss to Norfolk. On the season at Memphis, he's hitting two sixty-seven with five home runs, 29 RBIs, in 56 games. Again, I, the catching prospect's, You've got Kisner, you got Herrera. Yachty's done after this year. I really hope they make a move to get um, a better veteran catcher in the clubhouse. I don't think Herrera's ready. And if you have to trade him to go get somebody that's a better catcher, I let's do it. Sean Murphy, I love him from the Oakland A's. And obviously Contreras is uh, not going to be with the Cubs next year. Put some money into him, man. Get, give him like a five-year deal. I, I, I would do it. I would do it. We'll see what happens. We'll see what the Cardinals do there. Uh, number one prospect, Jordan Walker, hitting just 207 over his last 10. No home runs, just two RBIs. But on the season, he's at 304, 18 home runs, 61 RBIs. And number three prospect, Gordon Grisefo, 10 to two-thirds scoreless streak going. He's 1-0 uh, and 0 in his last two starts, allowed just four hits. He struck out 13, walked just two at AA Springfield. So there you go. There's a quick look at what's going down on the farm. I want to thank you guys for making Locked on Cardinals your first listen of today. Now make your second listen The Locked on MLB podcast. MLB expert Paul Francis Sullivan. We call him Sully, and that's what he likes. He brings humor, passion, and unique perspective on every team. And the biggest stories around the league. Follow the number one daily league-wide podcast Locked on MLB on the Odyssey app, YouTube, and wherever you get podcasts. The first place Cardinals hosting, the second place Milwaukee Brewers tonight. First pitch will be at 645 St. Louis time from Bush. We've got Albert watch going on. He's at 697. We've got your magic number down to 14. And remember a victory over the Brewers means you take two games off of that magic number. So they win tonight goes down to 12. That's that's math, baby. As always, be sure to like and subscribe on YouTube, follow on Twitter at LO underscore Cardinals and at JD sports radio. You are the best fans in baseball for a reason. And I'll see you next time right here on Locked on Cardinals.